From the virtual newsroom of Impact Alpha, this is your Impact Briefing for Friday, July 16th. I'm Monique Aiken. Today, I'm joined by Impact Alpha's Dennis Price, who's been writing about diversity in asset management, and more specifically, disclosure. Welcome, Dennis. It's great to be here, Monique. In a bit, I'll share some of my conversation with Illumin Capital's Darren Dodson. I wanted to talk to him because the SEC looks ready to require that firms disclose diversity data. But before we get to that, here's what you need to know from the week in impact investing. It could be as big as social security, some say. This is the week the first checks, or rather electronic deposits, went out for the enhanced child tax credit. If the temporary benefit gets extended, this will mark the beginning of a new era. I'm announcing today that on July 15th, and the 15th of every month thereafter throughout the year, you will get deposited in your bank account half of your tax cut at least, $250 per child each month. Experts have told us this will cut child poverty in America in half. This tax cut sends a clear and powerful message to American working families with children. Help is here. Europe is thinking bigger on climate action. The Fit for 55 plan starts to ramp up global ambitions for emissions reduction. The plan would phase out internal combustion cars by 2035. A cut of 55% below 1990 levels by 2030 is more aggressive than the US plan, but still behind the UK and other leading countries. Of course, the package is far from a done deal. The Royal Family of Liechtenstein is bringing big money to impact investing. LGT's LightRock closed a $900 million fund for tech-driven impact ventures in Latin America, Europe, and India. The family's Prince Max said he wanted to be a leading impact investor when LGT bought Espada from the Soros Economic Development Fund two years ago. The Ecosystem Integrity Fund closed its fourth fund. The $250 million fund has already made a half a dozen investments, including in Ampersand, an electric motorbike startup in Rwanda, and the hydrogen electric playmaker Zero Avia. And speaking of electric, the race is on to build a better lithium battery for electric vehicles. SES, based near Boston, and Vercor in France, each raised more than $100 million. SES is among at least a half a dozen battery companies that are going public via a SPAC, or Special Purpose Acquisition Company. Impact Alpha subscribers got all of these stories and more in their email each day this week. So Dennis, the lack of diversity in asset management is a long-running issue. What's new? You're right, Monique. There's something like $70 trillion in assets under management worldwide. Roughly 1% of that is managed by women and asset managers of color. What's new is an administration that wants to do something about it. The new chief of the SEC, Gary Gensler, has called out diversity as a major problem, and a committee of the commission unanimously recommended rules that would require firms to disclose their diversity data. Disclosure only goes so far. I know you had Darren Dotson of Illumin Capital on the Reconstruction podcast recently. Uh, I reached out to Darren to get his take on the recent developments. Let's listen in. Darren, you're a regular in the pages and on the podcasts of Impact Alpha, and you've been all over this issue of bias in asset management. It looks like the SEC is ready to take action and require some disclosure. What are they proposing? Well, it looks like to me they're uh, proposing a variety of different tactics, uh, mostly rooted in disclosure, in order to require uh, potentially investment 
managers as well as uh, consultants and others within the field to disclose what is most likely going to reveal the dismal state of asset management that we currently know. About 1.3% of $69 trillion in capital managed by women and people of color. And I think that the disclosure is a good step in that direction, but uh, certainly insufficient to move the needle uh, around what is necessary to achieve optimal performance in the industry. Yeah, we saw, so the, the California legislature is pressing the University of California to disclose diversity data of the managers managing its $130 billion endowment. They released their second report this week, and it actually showed a slide backwards in, in terms of diversity of, of the managers managing that endowment. So do you think that the market will respond to disclosure and respond to transparency? Well, I'm skeptical that it will, because as long as the National Association of Investment Companies and other organizations have been tracking the data over uh, 30 years, what we've seen is that consistently the 1.3% number uh, doesn't change. You know, when I was thinking about the disclosure issue in the SEC, one of the things that came to mind uh, was uh, trash pickup. Because you go outside of the house, you open the trash can, you know it stinks, and that's disclosure. You know that it's there and it exists. But until it gets removed or taken away, you don't really, nothing's really ever done and it's still there and it's still a problem. So when I think about asset management, it, it would be great to know the diversity numbers within many of the firms, but that doesn't remove the trash that's in the system that locks up the ability to achieve higher returns by investing in the overlooked and underestimated women and people of color. Yeah, yeah. I want to get into a bit of what's at stake here. And aside from sort of the inequities within the asset management um, industry itself, what does the lack of diversity in the industry mean for the economy, uh, for society at large? When we think about the overall macroeconomic trends, not engaging a large portion of society fairly um, as fiduciaries, I think is a is a mistake. So in terms of looking at the systematic bias that many of the asset allocators hold towards women and people of color, a lot of times unconscious bias, sometimes explicit bias, but bias nonetheless, we find that that bias could also lead in many cases to suboptimal performance or uh, decision-making within the investment process. And therefore, working on that bias is an important part of fiduciary duty and not working on that bias is a violation of fiduciary duty. Ex explain what you mean by that. And, and the SEC recommendations actually cited some of the research that you've been involved in with Stanford University. Yes, that's correct. So the committee heard from, uh, in terms of the subcommittee on diversity and inclusion, the SEC heard from a group of uh, leaders that looked into this area for a long time, many of them citing our research and other research over the last 30 years that shows uh, equal or outperformance of women and people of color managers 
which suggests that if they aren't increasing their overall asset share and uh, remain at 1.3% consistently year over year while they're outperforming or equally performing, that something's fundamentally broken in the fiduciary uh, asset review and allocation process by those that hold the strings to the largest pools of capital in the world and their processes, um, the way that they invest and hold those they invest to responsible for outperformance, including the outperformance that can be driven by additionality of adding women and people of color that are so often locked out of the financial system. And that sort of brings us full circle to Illumin Capital. Um, what sort of strategies are you using um, at Illumin Capital to take on bias in asset management? At Illumin Capital, we're a private equity, venture capital, and investment impact fund of funds. We look at three areas of working towards reducing racial and gender bias. We focus on adding women and people of color to boards. Um, we focus on investing in women and people of color-led companies and, and working with our funds to do that and removing the biases that are in the operating systems that might prevent that. And then finally, we work with our funds to hire, promote, and attract diverse talent to their firms and portfolio companies. So those are the areas in which we focus in on at Illumin Capital. And we note that uh, hard work in these areas isn't just to find women and people of color. It's to find the best people in the world, which to us includes women and people of color who are almost certainly uh, locked out of the investment industry. Our research at Illumin Capital builds off of the paper that we wrote and that we just uh, talked about with the Stanford Spark team that has been peer reviewed and published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences. And part of what that paper helped to explain, particularly as it relates to policy oriented issues, is the idea that as black fund managers outperform, they face more and more bias, the higher they perform. So when we AB tested 180 asset allocators controlling for uh, a number of different variables, we found that asset allocators imagined that black managers would underperform on executing strategy. And they imagined that black fund managers would raise less capital. And they imagine these things uh, against exactly similar situated white fund managers at the top ends of performance, but systematically chose the white fund managers without any other information, um, you know, parallel track records, parallel uh, uh, fund uh, performance in fund one and fund two, et cetera. And uh, they just imagine these managers are not able to compete as well for no other uh, reason other than their race. So what we find, again, is that if fiduciaries don't do the work to overcome their systematic bias, that's not individual bias, like one person uh, making a decision, but it's Daniel Kahneman type bias systematically throughout the field and a consistent behavior that exhibits itself in a way that you can correct it, uh, then, then we're leaving money on the table as an industry, and we're also diminishing the humanity of the people that are pitching us regularly, um, the uh, black and female and other people of color within 
the asset management business without working on those biases. So your thesis, reduce bias, improve performance, drive greater impact. That's right. Our thesis is to invest in the top impact funds in the world and work with them and alongside of them to reduce bias in evidence-based ways and unlock impact and returns. And that impact and returns comes from enabling them to see the overlooked and estimated women and people of color within their investment ecos that if addressed will lead to outperformance is the thesis. I think we'll leave it there. Thank you, Darren. We look forward to seeing you again and on Impact Alpha very soon. All right, well, terrific. It's great to be here with you and look forward to connecting again soon. That's going to do it for your Impact Briefing this week. More all day at impactalpha.com. Subscribe to get full access to the site and the daily brief. Thank you for listening. And thanks to our producer, Isaac Stilk. I'm Monique Aiken, Managing Director for TIP, the Investment Integration Project. Make sure to check back for next week's briefing. And until then, take care.